This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Kreuzer, hello and welcome to Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. After the defeat to Notts County, a response was needed. Wrexham faced Barnet. And succeeded. Seven goals scored, but five conceded. Blythe next, and that warning must be heeded. On today's episode, we'll look back at the bonkers Barnet Bonanza, bid farewell to season one of Welcome to Wrexham, and look ahead to this weekend's trip to face Blythe Spartans in the FA Cup. Now, we've got a lot of World Ride Reds listening in these days, and this week, we welcome one back. While I was in Nottingham last week, Naif was in Nagoya. He saw one world champion crowned in the F1, but returns to see Wrexham still eyeing the title for themselves. Naif, how are you doing? What an intro that was. How long have you been practising that one in the mirror? Outrageous good that's intro. Called, that's called making notes because you've got calls to do while uh, while the podcast's uh, been delayed. This this is true. This I, It was my fault. I did delay the podcast and I've been here, there and everywhere. I'm back from Japan. Very much. You know what? The time I was a bit disappointed. There was another Wrexham fan who was in Tokyo and we were going to try and meet up and have a drink. But I was so swamped with, as you say, Max Verstappen world champion that it never came to pass. So I'm really sorry uh to that person and hopefully we can arrange something again soon if i get back out there because i'm really keen to go back out i'm good rich i just was very tired listening to uh rex and barnet at about 1 a.m and i felt like i was hallucinating the score by the end i was so tired i felt like it was all a mirage all a dream it apparently it wasn't and it was uh trust me to be away for the game of the year no doubt i missed the dover game I miss this one so yeah whenever i'm not going uh do go because you'll probably get a goal fest but I'm good. Rich, Japan uh, was absolutely bonkers. And I know you've been out there. I know you've got family out there. Um, yes, it was It was bizarre. I didn't see any Welcome to Wrexham signage. And I also couldn't watch the documentary when I was out there. So maybe it hasn't quite hit Japan. I don't know. No one else was talking to me about Wrexham. I did have my Wrexham shirt with me, the red one. But glad to be back. 
looking forward to another podcast episode 89 mate how are you doing though new house it's a lot of change for us we've been very very busy and still pumping out the podcasts yeah speaking of japan actually i've got there's a picture of me somewhere on facebook last not last time one of the last times i was in japan was the last day of the season i'm trying to think we drew nil nil or one all with either eastley or Torquay on the final day of the season and I listened Ooh. to the game in Japan basically and there's a picture of me outside a Japanese restaurant with the Rexima 2015-16 home shirt on I, I I think it's that one anyway I'm trying to think it's not the best story anyway but yeah new house <laughs> settled in now I've just had to relocate because the office room has a real bad echo you might have heard that on last week's podcast which I tried to, to edit that out as, as best as possible but yeah it's just a work in progress and yeah just just finding the feet really but as you mentioned there Barnet at the weekend and you also mentioned the game against Dover last season. Some of these games that look like they're going to be quite boring on paper and quite easy relative rollovers turn out to be the most exciting ones. And it's like you don't want to miss a Wrexham game anymore. There's, I know obviously there's the amplified expectancy and excitement anyway, but every single game has the possibility of being a classic, doesn't it? And we got, I, I mean, I'm sure you did as well, Nate. I got so many messages through saying, oh, it looked like a good Wrexham game yesterday yeah, from mad. lots of lots of fat friends who obviously know I support the club and involved in the podcast. But the Dover game last season, the Grimsby pl- playoff semi, you're almost numb to it by the end. And I, I did feel like I sort of took it for granted, the 7-5. It was another game where I was asking what was the <laughs> scoreline and what was happening. But... I just felt quite numb to it, really, which is a testament to how wild the, the takeover period's been and how wild the last year's been because it didn't really register with me until I got home and I realised, God, it was 7-5. And my bro came to visit me and he said, God, that must have been a good game. I was like, it wasn't really. <laughs> it wasn't a good game, but it was a it was a good spectacle and you know a good scoreline, but I'm not sure it was a good game. I mean, Rich, I, I want to focus first because you were there and you you were my eyes and I was following it and listening to the radio and, and following it through what you were saying in our WhatsApp chat. Let's fo- let's just focus briefly because obviously we scored seven goals and I want to touch on some of that great play. But but what happened defensively, mate? What what, what happened where it looked like a lot of players just had an off day? It, it, is that fair? It, it, or, or was it something more worrying and, and something that needs to be... Or was it just a, just a freak day, a freak game, and we didn't get the rub of the green defensively? Well, speaking of Barnets, it was a mullet of a display because we were tidy <laughs> up top but a mess at the back. And, you know, we were taking all our chances, but defensively, for me, it wasn't an off day because we've seen seen these defensive frailties all season I think we've just not looked the same side defensively obviously we were fantastic last season the defense was our bread and butter Aaron Hayden had a poor game defensively almost got a hat trick though maybe was he guilty of trying to chase the hat trick too much in a sense I don't think so I don't want to get too personal on him I think he he did have an off day we know how how good he is and he's a league one Mm. centre-back Toza for me hasn't looked the same this season even his long throws aren't working I think maybe he's almost suffering from the fact that he is so undroppable there's maybe an air of complacency there I just I'm not sure the the back three's got the right balance at the moment Max has been brilliant all season but he had a poor game as well but I think a big component of that is the fact that Mendy's out of the team now McFadzian is a good left back he's not a good wing back really I, I don't think that the role suits him very well because he can focus on attacking but then he almost completely forgets about the defensive side 
that left channel has been targeted time and time again. And so often Max has stood up to the test and he's eased the problems. This time he wasn't quite at it, which is understandable. He's, he's not going to be putting in these 8 out of 10 performances every game. Sure. And when he has an off day, it's very apparent. For me, the defence is just the balance hasn't been, hasn't been right. And like I said, the, you want consistency, you want momentum, but maybe there is an air of complacency there. Maybe they, they do need to be freshened up and we've got the options. Obviously, we can't substitute McFadden because Mendy's injured, but McAlinden is an option at, at left wing back. On the right, you know, there's there's options. You've got Hazana or Ford. I think Ford's undroppable, really. He's he's the best right wing back we've got. Tunnicliffe. We have to see Tunnicliffe. I know we've seen him involved, you know, in the reserve games. And where is he? You've invested in this player and it's turning into another Sean Brisley, who, someone who arrives with an impressive CV. We're expecting big things of them. It's credit to Max Clewerth that Tunnicliffe's not had a look in yet, but he has to get a chance now. Because for me, that defence, you know, that is what wins you the game. You know, is the Sarks Ferguson saying, attack wins you matches, defence wins you titles. You need yeah. to have that backbone and we don't have it at the moment. And we've gone to Chesterfield and not, and not scored at either of them and they've scored against us. It's been too easy, the goals we've conceded in those big games as well. So it's worrying. Wrexham fans now want one nils. They want two nils because like I said, the, the, the Dover game, the Grimsby game, I know that's a freak occurrence, but it's a playoff semi-final. You shouldn't be conceding five goals at home. Yeah. We've conceded five goals at home again to Barnet. And I think every team we play, they expect us to score, but they all have a feeling they're going to score as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, I mean, we managed, I was speaking to an old friend of mine in the office today and we were talking about how Mike Fondop looked in that game and you know, how for an hour we managed to make him look like a world beater that we know that he isn't. Um, I think that there's just an element of freshening it up cannot be a bad thing. You know, there's got to be an element of, you know, Aaron Hayden, in my opinion's the best centre back in the division. Um, and everyone's going to have an off day. And, and he, you could see him beating himself up, especially with that first goal where he heads it out, but he only gets it to, is it Cabamba on the, um, on the edge of the box? And, you know, and again, I think Howard's probably disappointed, uh, with that one. You know, that was right in front of you, wasn't it, Rich, at the, the tech end? Yeah, I might be in harsh there. Maybe he could have got to it. Maybe he couldn't. Um, the, you know, the way you're looking at it, I honestly think any of any of Max or or Ben could do with that swap. You know, I think Tunnicliffe played, came through unscathed, played well by all accounts. Someone I spoke to, who watched that one or draw with Preston in the reserves in the week, um, and and we'll get on to our kind of team selection later for Blythe. But now is the chance. You know, now is the moment that. He's got to have a go and he's got to get given a chance. And, and if he doesn't, you know, when when is that chance going to come? Um, you know, Toes has played what, every single game, every single minute of every game. Um, it, it's it's a long old season and a rest here or there cannot be a bad thing. You know, we're seeing Jordan now um, didn't start the weekend. He's going to he's going to be rested. And I think has a massive role to play. You know, he's still our leading assist maker. Let's not forget that. You know, I see a lot of messages on Jordan saying that, you know, he's the weak link and all that. And we saw that last season with Luke Young and it, it's just not true. Um, and, and people are forgetting that, you know, Jordan has got more assists than anyone in the team so far. So yeah, on him, but defensively, Mendy, I, from what I understand, he's a few weeks away from return to training. So, you know, let's hope he's back soon. I think he offers so much in that left wing back role. He, you know, he's a division leader in that position. Ford looks more and more comfortable. 
Rob Lainton again pushing, but still looks like he's not really that close to, to being anywhere near match fit. And I and I wouldn't be swapping Howard out for Rory Watson right now. So I also feel we, we missed get... James Jones at the weekend. Uh, Tom O'Connor, yeah. for me, had a real mixed game. He did some things okay. He scored, didn't he? He's scored, scored off the a free massively kick. deflected free kick, but yeah. he's looked a bit off it, which is not a, maybe a personal criticism of him, more the fact that he has been lacking minutes. It's never quite got going for him at Wrexham yet. He's not really had a prolonged run in the team where he's been able to, to maybe get that confidence and the momentum that we alluded to before. And for me, I think we did miss that energy of, of James Jones. I think the midfield has a, a real balance to it, but I understand why we made the change after yeah. the manner of the Knots game. Luke Young, again, just the beating heart of this team. So good to see him finally score. I, Amazing. I, must admit, I, I didn't so really chuffed. see the goal. I saw him get the ball, hit it towards the post, and then the the person in front of me, it probably was you, Dewey, if you're listening, jumped up <laughs> and I didn't see it hit the back of the net. Well, I know it didn't hit the, it went across goal, didn't it? But I didn't see it go in. I just saw it hit the post. And yeah, fantastic to see Luke get a goal. And again, so a passionate chuffed. celebration. And how much it meant to all the all the teammates as well because they all yeah, know he's got it in yeah. his locker. He must do it every single day in training and it must have really frustrated him that he's not scored that goal, you know, since the fans have been back in the stadium and great to see it. Great. I'm great I'm moment. worried that I'm worried that he's gonna want me to go back out to Japan um because it's been so long he might get a little bit superstitious. But no, I'm really chuffed for Luke because you know, like young youngie's been been pushing really hard and I think he's had opportunities and he's kicked himself and he's you know been really frustrated and he's led by example and again I thought he was telling that Elliot Lee this week was talking about how hard young he is and how great he is as a leader and all those things and maybe things that outside the dressing room don't necessarily translate or didn't before that Chesterfield game and I think the mood around Luke's really changed since that game when he was left out um but yeah focusing on the goals Rich I mean a couple of points I wanted to make Luke Young yeah, amazing. What a finish that was. Elliot Lee, unbelievable. I mean, not not that we didn't know he already had it in the locker, but, you know, real, real class act, wasn't it? I know the cliches, the Rolls Royce or whatever, but really, really classy display, wasn't it, from him? Effortless. He's just a joy to watch and he just purrs, doesn't he, when he gets going. He's just... The, the brilliance of him is that he makes it look so nonchalant and like he's not mm. trying. Obviously, he is trying and it's just fantastic to watch and he is going to be the different difference maker. And we've looked at other teams. I mean, you look at Notts County, Ruben Rodriguez ran the show against us. Dobra ran the show against us for Chesterfield. Yeah, Elliot Lee is of that ilk. I think he's probably better. He's got the better CV, hasn't he? He's, he's still got to acclimatise to the league, really. But he's just he's the difference maker in some of those games and you wouldn't be surprised that you know when Notts and Chesterfield visit us later in the season if we're our game and our victories are, are dictated by Elliot Lee we have to get him on the pitch as often as possible obviously he, his minutes have to be mi managed with this glute injury he, but... he, the glute looks fine now surely Do, the glute's got to heal eventually I know that I, know I think that so it... yeah I think he it's looks just precaution fine. because it's such a yeah. long season and that's yeah. always been the sort of caveat that even when Wrexham have dropped points or when we've had a slightly disappointing display, there's so much of the season left. We're 13 games in, you know, 33 yeah. matches left. There's still so much to play for that you can't get too rash. And yeah, for me, I just think Elliot Lee is going to be integral to any success we have this season. It's great to see him up to speed. Some A well-taken goal by Mullen as well. I feel like that's yeah, gone under goal. the radar. 
Palmer as well. His his goal was a really nice finish, and we really nice balls well. really really nice balls of Palmer though, isn't it? You know what I mean. That you see Elliot Lee both times a quick turn. They've give Barnett sloppily give the ball away. It's a neat little turn. Elliot Lee low center of gravity plays Mullen in. It's a really nice finish. It's a really nice ball as well for for Ollie Palmer. He takes that. I think he lifts that quite nicely over the keeper there. I think that's a harder finish than he's made it look. Um, and to, and we've said it before, which we'll say it again. Both of those will be pushing. I believe will be pushing Macaulay Langstaff for that top scorer award. And 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 let's not rule out Shamanga either. You know, I know I know he's from what we can see, he's smarting a little bit about the the failed move to Birmingham, but he's too good not to be involved. So. You look at this level, there are some really, really good strikers and we're very lucky that we've got two of the best. Yeah, so you've got Langstaff leading scorer at the moment with 15, Mullen second on 11, McShane at Dorking has 10, Kabamba, who scored two at the weekend for Barnet, has nine, Oli Palmer, the fifth highest scorer in the league with eight. So, you know, from a Wrexham point of view, I'd much rather have two of the top five than just one of the top five as my, yeah, as my goal scorers. Totally. I mean, Mullen set before, Palmer set as well. Obviously, they want to score goals. That is their bread and butter. But they want to get promoted, and they would sacrifice all those goals if it meant that Wrexham went up. So, uh, the players and obviously the will do- be going for. They were in the dock together. They were in the dock together eating avocado. It, it seemed like Paul Mullen didn't want to order avocado. I don't know whether the dock crew ordered avocado for him. Did you see that episode? You must. Have I done. did. Yeah. It's yeah. It was almost like what would he what would he have ordered if the cameras weren't there? I mean, yeah. Whatever what, he's what? eating, it's it's doing him wonders because he has been sensational <laughs> since he joined. But. Let I us know, let us, Rich, let us know, uh, robryanred at gmail.com or any of the socials, robryanred on all the socials. What do we think is Paul Mullen's breakfast of choice? Because we've seen Parkies. What was Parkies? Something like two poached eggs or something in that little calf that he, that he went in. He, had, he definitely had a set breakfast that he would have. And it, it's slipping my mind now. I can't remember. But he went with his son, his, his lad who's on the staff, Parky, and they said that he had a very set breakfast for game day. And I feel like it might have been poached eggs but maybe i'm wrong but let us know what you reckon paul mullins breakfast of champions is because whatever he's fueling himself with as rich said is working wonders and uh yeah long may it continue rich i just wanted to do a quick shout out because obviously as fans we see the bucket collections outside the ground every week and occasionally or as best we can we try and share what that's for and all that sort of thing but last week you know lost in the madness of the 7-5 Barnet game um, I had a lovely message actually and I said I promised them I would read it out uh, that last weekend outside the ground Cluid's special riding centre was the bucket collection and so much support and Brexham fan generosity blows me away £878.57, pence, which will obviously do wonders for the charity and will help the participants and, and their families, you know. And if anyone doesn't know, Cluid Special Riding Centre, um, registered charity in Llanvynydd near Wrexham, um, and they provide, you know, loads of facilities for riding for the disabled and kind of equine-based activities uh, for those with disabilities. It's obviously a really small team there. I know my dad, who listens to this, has been helping them out, doing some volunteering. Um, so, yeah, £878, 57 pence raised from the bucket collection outside the ground. Amazing generosity at a time that we know is very difficult. Cost of living crisis and everything. So, um, I know I'm speaking on their behalf now, but I know they wanted to say a really big thank you. And I know from myself and Rich, yeah, 
amazing support and and do keep supporting the bucket collection outside the ground because a little can go a really long way oh naif as well before we leave barnet you've also been getting the opposition view reflection of a a weird day. You caught up with James Harpin, who many Wrexham fans on social media might know. He's the Barnet fan with his nan who goes to these games. They have a great repertoire, and you know they they've had some great videos over the years. <laughs> yeah. It's it's great to watch. You know, if you, if you do see the links, give them a view. James is a great content creator and something different. I mean, go to the football whoever you want to to see him go to the football and love it with his nan is is excellent. And yeah, they've made the trip to north wales and it will be a yeah. game they will never forget no i mean look you go with your mum, don't you rich to the race course and i go with my parents um we sometimes we go together to away games it's fun to experience it with your family and uh you know james will get on to why he goes with his gran and and all these things so um yeah i caught up with james to find out what's going on at barnet what does he make of wrexham's defense how did he on earth did he unpack seven five and how has he started following Barnet with his grand? So without further ado, here is what James had to tell us. James Barnet with my grand. That's it, isn't it? The YouTube channel, yeah. very popular, very popular with Wrexham fans. Uh, not just for the the game that we're going to talk about that's just gone at the weekend, or the previous one where we went and the the ghost of Sean Brisley actually scored. The one game that he did actually play, it felt like scored against Barnet. Talk to us a bit then before we get into the madness of the weekend, the channel, where it's come from and, and what you've made of the reaction, because it definitely seems to be on the radar now, Wrexham fans. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, my name is James Harpin and I uh, yeah, I go to Barnet with my grandma. So we've been going, well, let's start, start her story, really. She's been going to Barnet for 40, 45 years now. Uh, my dad took her when she was when she was like bit younger my she was never into football my dad took her to barnet she grew on it my dad started going to spurs instead left my grandma so she's been going alone her whole life up until i came along and then we've yeah we've been started we started going and um like she's yeah i mean she's great isn't she like people that watch the channel have seen that she's a bit clueless when it comes to football still i i, I don't mean that in a bad way but there's, there's comments that come out of her mouth and you're like what are you talking about and i think that's why it's got such a good reception because she's very organic with what she says and then i think i've got more of a grounded opinion because i've been involved in football my whole life um it's like I'll, I'll i'll talk tactics or stuff like that and she'll blame the ref or something like that and that's that's why it works really well i think people get the joy out of what she says and then get the but like the interesting factor out of what I say, and then it sort of combines together and creates this great piece of video. I think. Yeah. What What does she, What does she make of it all? Then just kind of like get, she's become this this cult hero now among the YouTube vlogging community. It's amazing. Yeah. No. She she she's uh like every every week she messages me going someone stopped me in the street today saying are you that grandma? So she walks down the, the high street in Barnet. She goes you're the grandma that goes to Barnet. So she yeah she she's loving it really. She's like I need to get my signature ready. Uh, Great. Like people people have asked her for selfies at football. They don't ask me. They ask her. They just ask the grandma. <laughs> um, so we've got, I mean, we've got to talk about it. It's had a few days now to kind of settle in. A lot of people have seen your vlog. And if not, go back and watch that because, again, you see the organic reactions from the away end. Mad, wasn't it? It just was bonkers. I mean, I, I, I would say, like, it's, uh, you'd, you'd never, you'd, we've scored five goals. Like, we've lost the game. But the week before, we scored four and we lost the game. So it's, it's two weeks in a row that we've had a game like that. I mean, for Wrexham, like... Like, we, us going up on the bus, we thought, okay, 
we'll probably lose here, maybe five or six. It would be, yeah, whatever. It's, it's not that big of a deal for us. It's, it's a funny day out. But then 1-0, we think, okay, here we go. Here we go again, lots of goals. Because we lost 6-0 last year. So we thought, okay, this is, this is going to be a repeat, if not worse. Then we went 2-1 up. And you're thinking, okay, we're in this now. This is, this is, this is good. So then we can see two straight away. And it's 3-2 at half-time. And we said at half-time that actually we would have taken that at the start of the game, being one down. So we'd looked at it like we were 1-0 down, but obviously we weren't. It had already been five goals. And then, did we equalise? I can't remember. Yeah, we equalised straight away mm-hmm. in the second half. Uh, and you think, OK, we're on again. This, this, this is great. Let's go, let's go and dominate now. And then we give, I think we gave away a penalty straight away. And then there was four yeah. goals in 13 minutes and the game's done. It's like, I'm, I don't think I've ever been to a game like that where it's gone so topsy-turvy. But, I mean, Wrexham have got the attacking quality. If, you're def- if your defence is not is not solid at all, then they're just going to rip you apart. And they did that. Well, I was, I was going to say, you know, we're, we obviously watch Wrexham week to week and can nitpick different things, but you, you get a fresh pair of eyes on them and, and, and vice versa for us with Barnet. What did you make of Wrexham? I know we've, we've conceded five goals there. We've scored seven, but of the teams you've seen, where did Wrexham sort of rank for you? Yeah, so we've played out of the top teams so far. We've played Solio, played Chesterfield. We haven't played Notts County yet. We've played Wrexham. So that's probably three of the top four that are going to finish top four, in my opinion. Chesterfield battered us. I know it was only 3-1, but they battered us for 90 minutes. We were blocking, blocking, blocking. We were actually defending pretty well in that game. We blocked, blocked. They kept the ball really well. They used Jeff King. I think it's different grave. I think he's the best player in the league, their wing-back. The way they used their wing-backs was something I hadn't really seen in this league before. Then Solihull, I, who we we went there and we should have won. We should have been Solihull. We were a better team on the day. We drew one all. I don't I don't think they'll they're quite as good as Wrexham and Chesterfield. Then then you come on to Wrexham and like still the first 15, 20 minutes, we were like, God, they're just too good. They were knocking the ball about, clipping it over when we were pressing. It was like, okay, well, this is just what's the point of us even being here? These lot of miles better than us. And then I don't really know really what it was. The, the, Kabam, our striker, Nicky Kabam, he started to get into the game and he was bullying Hayden at the back and Toza looked a bit off it as well. I don't know how that's been this season with Hayden and Toza. Maybe they're getting on a bit. I, I don't know. But they're, yeah, I, defensively, I thought Wrexham were shambles, really. Really, really poor. The goal, Some of the goals we scored were, were really poor defensively. But again, we're really good going forward. The goals we scored were, were, were good. It's like, Idris Kanu, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the fifth goal was is insane. Mm. Even the two, the goal, the goal we scored to make it three all, where we've played about four pass, four or five passes like in, inside the box and cut it back. It's a great goal. But then, yeah, like the, the corner we scored. I mean, that that's just poor, really, from Rex's point of view. And if you're going to win the league, it's it's those type of moments that you need to to like brush up on because I think that's sort of what cost you last season was the was the defensive side of the game when you've got Marlin, when you've got Palmer. Davis when he's fit, Elliot Lee, who just looks like different gravy the other day. You got those type of players, you're always going to score goals. You're always going to score three, four, five against teams like Barnett, Maidenhead, Maidstone, these type of teams. But it's just brushing up on those defensive sides when you play against Chesterfield, Notts County, Solio, the teams around you can't concede as many goals, I don't think. Yeah, Elliot, I mean, Elliot Lee looks class apart. He's so good, you know, turn, turn of pace. And again, shout out for Nicky Cabamba. I thought he, he really... I think you're right. What I would say defensively, we had a really poor day. And I think you, it's a weird one where you score seven, but you've shipped five and you win the game. And obviously that's better for us than, than to lose. But yeah. a, lot of, a lot of work, you know, a lot of stuff you can improve on in that game. And I think Hayden, 
Max Kluwer and Bentos. I don't think any of them had a good game. You know, no one really, like you say, the, the corner, for anyone who hasn't seen that, the near post he's unmarked. Is it Gorman? Um, not that only that. that. No, Pritchard, not only that, but we've scored that, that sa- we that same goal four times this season. The Gorman in-swinging corner, near post, Harry Pritchard. So yeah. that, that, that's not something we haven't done before. So you would have thought that maybe... Maybe yeah, no, that aware of it, but, yeah, yeah, and you know that 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 was one, and, and the first goal, it's just been yeah. headed. I mean, you were right in front of that one, weren't you? It just kind of yeah. headed out to him. It's, it's keeper probably clearance. should do better as well, maybe. Yeah, there's been question marks on the keeper. You know, again, it's it's one where I think the first choice, Rob Lainton, is is that's who most people would say is the first choice is still out. Yeah. Um, but when we look at it, we we look at it and go, we've got Paul Mullin, and we've yeah, got exactly. Ollie Palmer, and we've got Elliot Lee, so we just can find ways to give them the best chance to win the game. You know, Mullin, I think, as you're saying, Jeff King, phenomenal player, but in terms of the strikers, you're hard-pressed to get anyone better than Paul Mullin. I mean, he is, you know, so, so good at the level. But, I mean, what was the general sentiment in the in the away end? Because it was nearly a 10,000 crowd. Again, it's, you know, to come up to Rex, it must have been a, a, I'd say, a good day out. I mean, you've conceded seven goals, but it, it's quite an occasion now coming to Wrexham. It's a, it's a really big day for a lot of people. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think if you if you do watch the vlog back, you'll see at the start of the game we were just in shock. We were trying to like us. There was fifty two of us, and we were trying to sing the Barnet songs. But to us, we were just like, "What is the point? We might as well join in with the Wrexham fans because there's there's no point of us making our voice our voices heard because they weren't being heard." It was it was insane to be honest. I've, I said it on the vlog as well. Like ten thousand people coming out to watch non league football. It's just it's just insane. Is, what was your what was your day like though? I mean, you stopped off in people are watching, but you stopped off in Oswestry before. Yeah, you made you made, so we, you made a day of it. Yeah, we did, we did. So yeah, the guy that runs, so we we go on a mini bus. So he's been coming for fifty years to to Barney. Right. Hasn't missed a game for fifty years, and he uh, so he's got a a map of all the pubs in England. So on every away game, he'll pick a little town or a little village, and we'll do a pub crawl there. So. On this occasion, it was I can't actually pronounce where we Oswestry, went. I'll say it. You Oswestry. went to Oswestry. There you yeah, go, yeah, so we went. We went there um, for a pub crawl, and it was it was class to be honest. We got there about twelve o'clock. I think we no, maybe it was earlier than actually eleven thirty. Left at two, so two and a half hours of drinking. And the best thing about it is the the price of pints up <laughs> there, <laughs> there to where we are. I paid seven pound twenty for a pint near my work the other day. I paid one pound ninety when we are up to Wrexham. Well, welcome, welcome to Wrexham. <laughs> um, last couple. Then, have you been watching the documentary? Have you seen the documentary? And and we love it. Obviously, it's about Wrexham. But generally, what have you made of it? Yeah, like obviously, it's it's. I think it's quite catered towards Americans. I think I think it's quite sure. catered towards people that aren't aren't aware of non league football before. So for me to carry on watching it's like i know this i know this i know this i just right. don't want to get to the end where it gets quite exciting where <laughs> not not because i'm happy you lost but because it's gonna be a good episode and i want to right. see how they portray it to the to the general population but to be honest that is is it's class like how they talk to the people in the in the town and how how it's how they how it's uniting the town and stuff like that i, th- I think it's quality and I do, I do think that in terms of, I've, I've said this as well, I'm, if there's one club in the league that deserves the investment that they get, it is Wrexham. Very kind. And we're talking about clubs that need a break, we'll, we'll end on this then. Not all, All's not well at Barnet. And, you know, we've 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 been there. I know a few people pulled, pulled your granite when she said that Ryan Ro- and Robert saved it and people said it was the fans that saved it. But, you know, you're, you're in a situation, you can explain it to our lot who don't know, it's not the best of time, is it, at Barnet at the minute? And things have got to change there a little bit. 
Yeah, it's probably hard to sum it up in two or three minutes just because there's so much happening. Obviously, we moved from Underhill like 10 years ago now. So we're at new ground, which was supposed to be this new big thing, which catapults us to the championship, the word to the chairman. That's what I'm saying. So, but we're stuck here in the National League. Our crowds have dwindled season on season. We're now averaging 1,300, 1,400. Uh, the, we're having to shut our club shop on match days. Our bar is, there's lack of beer, there's lack of staff, there's this, that and the other. And it's, it's just becoming a bit of a, a bit of a sorrow time to go to home games. Like, I'm, obviously, you're, you're, you're a football fan, you're still going to go. But the match day experience as a whole is dwindling. And, like I'm a member of our supporters committee, so there's eight members and we represent the views of the club, the, the fans, and we go back to the club and say what what we think needs to improve. And this this dialogue keeps happening and we're hoping for change soon, but it's it's difficult. It's difficult because it's it's up to the chairman at the end of the day whether he wants to invest. He's not a poor man. He's got 28 businesses. He was on the rich list, the Times rich list a couple of times as well. So he's not a poor man. He can invest. It's just... It's just whether he wants to, and at the moment, he's not. Um, I, I, you know, I speak on behalf of all of us. We feel for you massively, and hopefully that investment comes, whether it's him or someone else. But if people want to follow you and your gran on social media, where where can they find you, mate? What, what, yeah, how can Twitter. they follow you? Twitter's probably best. So my my uh, my Twitter handle is James underscore Harpin, H-A-R-P-I-N. And I think my grandma's actually Jan BFC. So uh, that's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's her Twitter handle. She's, uh, she's not the most active on Twitter. She's a 78-year-old woman. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's going to be on it too much. But yeah, make sure you do check out the YouTube channel. It's Barn It With My Grad. Yes. Uh, we, yeah, we'll, we'll be going. We'll, we haven't missed a game so far this season. So there'll be more content coming. <laughs> So, Rich, I mean, he doesn't seem to make much of our defence, which is quite interesting. Uh, and, I mean, in, in fairness, we did concede five goals against Barnet. He, he feared the worst. But, I mean, if that's our freak result of the season, we've got to kick on. We've got three points. And we've got the cup interlude now. And then we'll be back with a trip to Boreham Wood, which is really a, a massive game. You know, having lost very quickly. I know we'll get onto that in next week's podcast, but... Having lost at Chesterfield and lost at Notts County, Borenwood away is a is a massive game. It absolutely is, and it's one of those tricky games where, in years gone by, we would have been happy to escape with a point. Um, I know it didn't cost us directly the title last season, but definitely influenced oh, the running, didn't it? And yeah, that was a nightmare. Yeah, it's it's one of those games where I think Chesterfield or Notts, whoever wins this league, would go to Borenwood and win, and that is the sort of acid test, isn't it? You've got to. You've got to be going to these horrible away days and getting the three points now. It's that it, we've had enough. We've been in this league for so long, and we've had so many years and so many trips to these sort of places that you've got to you've got to make them count this time round. So yeah, I'm not maybe looking forward to it, but that's a real test and another real, you know, I guess it is a barometer of where we really are at. Maybe a reality check to see just how good this team is. So, yeah, like I said, we will be back to to preview that one in the coming weeks. Natho, this week marks the end of season one of Welcome to Wrexham. A really difficult final two episodes in the fact that they're both great memories, but they don't end well. 
you've got well, it's, it's three episodes isn't it in the end which is i know there's two that are going to be quite painful and then one on maybe this maybe that's why they've done it maybe they've sandwiched this rob and ryan bromance episode in between to just to kind of need. just to kind of soften the blow because look rich you know we 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 did the wembley trip together didn't we for, for the fa trophy final what i am going to say is apart from the football which i know is a large part of the day i very much enjoyed myself I had a very fun afternoon. I, I I did. Apart from the football, everything else was was a good fun. I don't know about you, but I, I enjoyed myself. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Loved going to Box Park. Loved catching up with old friends, seeing lots of you who listened to the podcast. Yeah. The scenes beforehand with the flares going off, you know, in the in the concourse. It was Will Ferrell there. It was bonkers. Will Ferrell, David, David Beckham, Beckham there. there. It was it was incredible. But it was a weird day, wasn't it? Because I do feel, Very. and this is probably the worst time to bring it up, but I do feel the atmosphere <laughs> suffered from the fact it was the final day of the Premier League because lots of people were on their phone saying who's winning the league between City yeah. or Liverpool. Yeah. And it almost felt like there was something else going on. You know, it wasn't the main event of the day. It's, it's the non-league finals day, so it's not going to be headline news. But the fact that, you know, obviously a, a big chunk of our support also have an affiliation with Liverpool as well and they will have been interested to know how they're yeah. getting on and just general football fans anyway want to know what's happening in the Premier League and the fact it was the same kickoff times as well and the games were happening together I do feel that on the day it almost affected the atmosphere a little bit because yeah there was that our happening. game wasn't great was it our, our game it was, was absolutely pretty awful. poor absolutely you know, of all the games we've seen that was up there what i what i'm really excited to see and there were loads of little elements of that day that i just loved for example ryan reynolds getting stopped so that security could check his pass you know i feel like he's in that elevated tier where you probably don't need to check his pass but they're going to anyway just to just to kind of do it which made me laugh I'll just be excited to see, again, you know, recording this on the Wednesday, it's out in the States tonight. By the time you listen to this, it'll be out on Disney Plus and we can all watch it. But I'd just be excited to see what it was like, you know, what Will Ferrell, and we said this off air, Rich, before, because you posted it and it was spotted by Dan, who I know uh, follows the podcast on Twitter and, and, and listens and all that sort of good stuff. Austin FC, you know, I wrote a piece on them a while ago. Matthew McConaughey, the Hollywood actor involved there flirted with that well he didn't really flirt with that he just sort of came out and said that they were working on getting a friendly we could be in for a bumper tour if into my if david beckham's into miami get involved if will ferrell's lafc get involved we can have like a round robin tournament going from la to miami to austin to wrexham i don't know it's gonna be a very expensive preseason tour isn't it if we won't go follow it wrexham next year so yeah, any if any freebies would be very welcome, but it's the new world. If anyone wants to it? donate for us to go, I mean, you can on our website, robryanred.com. That is very shameful of me to ask that. But if you do want to and you want to support the podcast, I know a couple of you have, and we honestly, I know it sounds uh, we're like we're having a laugh and a joke. We really do appreciate everything, and we're investing as much as we can into the podcast and Instagram and TikTok and just trying to grow all the, all the channels we can. And, yeah, thanks so much for all the support, and I know... We did get another review, Rich. I know I get a lot of stick every single week and people take the mick out of me because I say, can you go and give us a five-star review? We got one. I'm going to read it out to you now because it is very nice and I thought I would read it because why not? Um, so if you want to, you can. And this one says, from Mikey underscore J13, he put five stars, great podcast, quality on sound, great guys, five stars all day, keep it up, lads. Thank you, Mikey. We very much appreciate that, don't we, Rich? God, that's a nice ego boost, isn't it? Before we get into the uh, the grittier side of the podcast, but yeah, thank you very much for all your support as always. But now, if you were saying that about the other episodes this week as well, yeah. we obviously get the ro- uh, 
it's called the, the sort of romance, isn't it, with a W and the R yeah. from Robin Ryan. Uh, then there's the 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 game which Finale. I mean, if you will have seen this clip of Paul Mullen speaking on the US talk show this week, it came out on Tuesday of this week. He already says, you know, we're still in the fifth tier. So I think spoiler there, alert: there will be some fans listening who don't know how it ends. If you're newer to the journey, but we all know what happens. We've already mentioned it in the podcast as well. The playoff semi-final defeat. It, it's it was so close, wasn't it? But the the feeling and the whole point of it is that we don't know where this journey is going to go. We don't know how yeah. long's left. We've not got anything guaranteed to happen. But I've enjoyed every second of it so far. Last season, I loved. There were so many highs, and there were way more highs than, than lows. And even oh, the lows, the lows were losing at Wembley, which was a great day out. They were losing in the playoff semi final, that was an absolute mental game, five four. I everyone was tweeting about it. Everyone was watching it. It was that stung you know, though. That one. That one did. That that stung more than the Wembley one for me because did the it? Wembley because one. At the end of the knots one, I it, I was not, disappointed. Not, uh, but Grimsby. I, but, yeah, oh, Grimsby. Grimsby. Sorry. At the end of the, the the Grimsby game. Sorry. I I was disappointed, but I wasn't hurt really. You know. I mean. I, I was. I I really wanted to go up, but I was just proud of the team for making no, his dream and making us believe. Yeah. And, Going out in that game was almost more bearable than if we'd lost 1-0 and not given it a go. Yeah, you know, it was just but... a game where either team could have won it and it was like a basketball match. And it did hurt, but it was soothed by the thought of, well, we'll just win it next year. Do you yeah, know, I actually it's... saw a brighter future ahead, yeah. which usually when you miss out on promotion, you don't see. It's doom you're, and gloom. You're, you're more balanced than me, though, Rich, which is we've always known this. Um, But I... You know, we're we're in that situation where it is promotion or bust, and that doesn't take away from the highs that you spoke of there. Like lots of amazing highs, lots of great memories. You know, um, you and I at Wealdstone away, a great memory. You know, in, in that, right in, right behind the goal, and you know, a, a kind of crap away days. Jordan Davis called it this week, but it, that one will live long in the memory for me. And there's loads of other games that I absolutely loved. You know, you had Chesterfield away, Notts County. There's loads of different games, but. When when we lost that game, I just felt like a void and an emptiness because, yeah, it wasn't the playoff final. It wasn't like Newport when it got snatched away from us at the very end. It it just felt like that's it. That's, that's the season. We've got to go again. 15th attempt. And, yeah, it, there's more positive signs now, but it just every time you don't get there, as you said it yourself, Rich, nothing's guaranteed. There's no guarantee we go up. And... I just really, really wanted that to be it. Um, I just felt like we clicked on so many levels. So many of the players I absolutely loved. I know we've kept a lot of them. I just really want certain things I want. I really want Jordan to take us up. You know, watching that documentary this week and seeing him and Kelsey. And I've been fortunate enough to, to speak to people like Kelsey um, in, in recent months and, and, you know, get to know her and, and, and Jordan and, you know, all, all the struggles they went through and, and, I thought their story was told absolutely beautifully and probably was one of the most powerful moments in the documentary as a whole, you know, the impact that will have and just the rawness of that I thought was really special and shows the power of, you know, they're, they're doing something for good there because you're putting this in front of thousands and thousands of people, hundreds of thousands, and you're tackling an issue that ultimately people don't talk about very often. And, you know, to hear Phil and Jordan have a chat and just to hear Jordan have a chat and say, to the lads, I'm I'm not doing good. Like I've had no good news, and that's reality. That's real life. A real footballer 
just a, not even a real footballer, just a real bloke going through real stresses that I know lots of people listening to this will have gone through and have had children, and I've not, but I, I can only imagine how difficult that is. And so, you know, I really want Jordan to take us up and I really want Luke Young to get us up and I really want to see Paul Mullen. He's already a cult hero. I saw a message today of a young lad who his dad sadly passed away and that was really, really sad. And Paul Mullen sent him a video message just to try and lift his spirits. You know, cult hero status for a lot of these guys. And I, I've i had a few of those over the years, but I really want this group to do it. And, and hopefully this is it. Hopefully this is the year. I really want it for Parky as well. I think this documentary yeah. is shown him in a different light and how much he does care, how much he does get it. And I know he's not everyone's cup of tea. I know some people will still maybe want him out and feel that we should be getting a lot more from the team. His tactics haven't always fit the, the personnel and maybe he's been a bit stubborn to change, but this is a team that cares and it's a team that's going in the right way. And like you said, it's a very likable set of lads and they've done us so proud already. They deserve a promotion and they want to give us one as well. So season two, welcome to Wrexham. Let's hope it's just as good, but with a much happier ending as well. Naif, it's been a busy week. Reserve action as well. Wrexham back against Preston, a one-all draw. Stronger Wrexham side than the one we saw last time out, an experienced outfit. Louis Lloyd getting the goal for Wrexham. But there were sorry, there were outings for Tunnicliffe, McAlinden, yeah. Bryce Azana, Bickerstaff started up front as well. Again, Mountfield involved, Watson playing in goal. Yeah, it's it's so good that we've got these meaningful games again. And you know, it was against a youngish Preston side, but it's a real good way for us to keep match fitness and again looking ahead to this weekend which we'll get to in a minute it's great that players like Tunnicliffe, Hazana and McAlinden three players you'd expect to be involved in the match day squad because there are another two substitutes as well for Epic Cup games it's just great to see them all getting some proper tests I think you know just again to touch on the documentary I think you saw it with Cam Green you know he was he just had no ability really to play you know he was going to not be involved on the bench he wasn't going to play in the matches um and, and there was no outlet whereas i think you know people like bryce hosanna and and Tonicliff, i mean if there was no reserve team when on earth would they get meaningful minutes you, you don't see you don't see how they would get it rich i don't know how they would get any kind of meaningful possessions and you can pretend as much as you want in into house games in-house games it's just not going to happen so Really chuff for Tony Cliff, and there's a lot of momentum there that he needs to play this weekend. And I don't know, we'll get onto your team and my team, but for me, he has to play. Uh, for me, he has to play this weekend. And I, I'm i tempted to also play McAlinden. You know, give McAlinden a run out on that left side. You know, I think he offers a lot. And I think he looked like one of those players that was probably going to be frozen out. And actually, I think Tommy said it last week when I was editing the podcast, he, there's a real role for him to play. I think he can still offer a lot. Um, in that wider role so yeah really really tough for them and a good workout you know people like Kai Evans and also for Dave Jones in terms of his just his coaching you know he'll be learning a lot from these games and you know speaking to certain people around that that group I know that they're really grateful for the minutes they're getting in, in, in games that people are actually really really trying to to make impressions on Parky with and speaking of Parky as well Madra 
of the month for the National League for last uh, for September rather. Congratulations to him again, proving some people wrong. And yeah, wow, that will mean more than more to oh the, yeah, more, yeah. more to than the award, isn't it? That faint round of applause there, but, <laughs> very uh, faint round of applause there. Yeah, it's testament to the work he's doing and quietly going about. Yeah. It's just a case of worrying about ourselves, really, and not focusing on the other teams in the league because we're going to be fine. If we win as many games as we know we should, then we will win the league. And we've lost to Chesterfield, who are fourth now. We've lost to Notts County, who are one point ahead of us, and we're still absolutely fine. Highest goal scorers in the league, one of the best defences as well, even after that shambolic five goals we can see at the weekend. You know, we obviously have room for improvement, but there's a lot of reason to be positive at this moment. And that brings us nicely onto the weekend. We've got a lust for Blythe, uh, in the words of Iggy Bop. Um, a historic tie, one that's got lots of meaning for Wrexham fans of a certain generation. Can't pretend that I do remember our historic no, me neither. matches at St. James's Park. I've been reading up about them this week in preparation for the game. Uh, it's on ESPN2 in America for those that of you. That is mad. That is across mental. the pond no plans for it to be shown in the uk as far as we're aware but it's already been moved for kickoff so you'd think that perhaps there is discussions to be had there i've got get it get it on the iplayer that's what but, i want to say I mean, get it thing, on the iplayer yeah. if they can the thing is that even the games that well the game that is televised this weekend isn't actually on tv the chesterfield game is only on the red button and on bbc iplayer anyway so there are no sort of fourth round qualifying matches that are ever properly televised no but the fact that this one is on espn2 ESPN. in america okay it's not the most glamorous time slot but it will get even more attention there'll be people flicking through the tv guys saying oh i've heard that team they're the team from documentary let's see what this is about it means that there is an extra maybe element of pressure to this weekend because we saw in the dock last week that rob mac Invited all of his friends to a bar oh, to watch Wrexham draw nil-nil felt... with Wheelstone. Oh, I felt for him so much. I felt for him so much. With the I'm eyes really... of America watching us this weekend, we cannot have another performance like that. And we can't have another performance like we did against Marine last season in the FA Cup when it took a Jordan Doe's free kick in the last second of the game to salvage a replay at Nantwich. So, yeah, it's, it adds an extra element to the team selection almost, doesn't it, Nath? Because on one hand, you say you know, rotate a lot and, and put a, a weakened side out. Uh, obviously not too weak, but maybe on the other hand, you say, we need to put a show on. Yeah, I will give you my team now, Rich, and you can pull it apart and critique it with your own. I would go Mark Howard in goal. I would go Liam McAlinden, left wing back. I would go Max Kluwerth, Jordan Tonnicliffe, Aaron Hayden, and Anthony Ford. I would go Luke Young, James Jones... Uh, Jordan Davis, if he's fit. And then I would go Sam Dolby, Paul Mullen. That would be my team. I think mine, pretty similar. I think they made three changes. The one right. I scribbled down, I think, yesterday on our WhatsApp group was Howard and Goal, Hazana and Macalinden as my wing-backs, which I can't see happening because, like I said, with Mendy not playing, I think you have to have one of your your starters almost. So I think it would yeah. be Ford and Macalinden if we're, if we're lucky, but... It could easily be McFadden because yeah, there isn't a, there isn't fixture congestion really, is there? So no, no, there no. is no reason to have to play reserve players. It's just if you if you choose to want to. Back three, I think that it's a good rehearsal for Hayden Tozer and Tunnicliffe. Yeah. Okay. 
I just think that we need to have have the bravery to drop players. And I, I think, you know, in terms of performance of the season, I think Toes has been the most disappointing, but I can't see him being dropped. So Tony no, Clifford fine. for Clearworth makes sense to me. And we do need someone who's maybe a different option on the left side of defence because, like I said, Max has been excellent this season, but he was a bit off it against Barnet. That's no criticism of him. Midfield, James Jones, Tom O'Connor, I've put in because I think he just needs an improvement. He needs more games and yeah. dropping him out of the lineup again isn't gonna isn't gonna do that. I've started Elliot Lee over Jordan Davis again right. just because I think Davis just give him as much rest as possible after his recent injury and let him get up to speed, bring him on in that game and, and then hopefully he's ready to start again the following weekend. And up front I've done the same as you, Paul Mullen and Sam Dolby. But I expect it'll probably be Mullen and Palmer again because both of them will want to play. Both of them will want to score. Yeah, it's really tricky. Sam Dolby has to start for me. Um, you know, you can have one of the others on the bench against tired legs, but he deserves a go from the start. I don't. I get. You know, does he deserve any? You know, do players deserve anything? I just think him and Tunnicliffe in particular need need a go. They need a start because they've they've been working so hard. We saw what it meant. When Dolby scored, we saw the celebration, how hard he's working in training. Tonicliffe, smile on his face every time he gets to the ground, every time I see him. He's earned a start now. And whether that's for Max, and I think, you know, we, we everyone gets in the habit of dropped. And dropped sounds so harsh because pulling someone out for one weekend in a cup competition can just be a chance to rest. You know what I mean? And for me, taking Elliot Lee out was, I'm not dropping Elliot Lee, but it's just, it was more of a protection. Exactly, yeah, because and I think it, the other point in there is put us forward two, three weeks. What if there is an injury in yeah. defence or up front and suddenly Dolby or Turner Club has to start a game in the league? You want them to be fully fit and to know where they they do fit in into the side. So I think, if not now, when? When are they going yeah, to get that that's chance? the question. That's the question. And I really think, I think it's particularly in the in the case of Tunnicliffe, it's it's difficult because Dolby can come on, you know, as, a, as and he can get half an hour, he can get 20 minutes, and eventually that can build up and he'll, and he'll have enough to sustain himself. You don't get that with centre-backs. You're not changing your centre-backs, really, if you can avoid it in a game, unless there's injury. So this is, it's got to be the game now. Harry Lennon, we don't think, is, is, is close to being involved, so this has got to be it. And look, Blythe is struggling in the league. They're, what, something like 21st in the National League North? So, you know, they've won two of their 11 games so far. It's to their 11 league games. So it's a real opportunity. Lay down a marquee. You're on ESPN2. The chairman are going to be watching. All their friends are going to be watching. Let's not mess it up. And all joking aside, serious aside, we want to be in that pot on Monday, don't we, Rich? First round draw. The first round draw and the third round draw are the ones you look forward to. You know, could you imagine getting Portsmouth or a Sheffield Wednesday or an Ipswich or a Derby or... You know, massive game like that would be great. And I think we could go toe-to-toe with them. Absolutely. You think of a struggling League 1 side, a League 2 team, just a chance for us to get one over a side and prove that we are good enough to be in the Football League because we talk a lot of talk, don't we? Now we need to go and walk the walk and we'd love a cup run. We've said... God, imagine Stockport in round one if we made it through. God. God. Why did you have to bring them into it? I don't know. Could you imagine um, that? Because like, just thinking of the episodes on that, I thought, to be honest, I thought it was great the way they showed Ryan hugging everyone. I don't know. I thought that was. Quite, I enjoyed very much the the back and forth between Rob and Ryan actually um, being very salty about him going to 
Um, also, I I really I know we've done the documentary, but I also couldn't believe I, I I'd love to know what Kevin Mulholland thought of them including him kicking off at Ryan coming uh, coming to the race course. I thought that was brilliant, you know, really really realistic, and they didn't just dress it up as it's amazing. You know what I mean? They didn't just dress it up as like everyone's thrilled for him to be here. They just showed you the reality of the physio is absolutely fuming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what I've liked about this documentary. There's been certain scenes and certain clips where you're like, oh, I'm surprised that's him. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, again, we've had stupid discussions in the past with people critiquing it, saying they just want to be like, they want it to come across as them being, you know, a vanity project or whatever. But I just think they've come across as who they are, nice people. And the documentary has been obviously edited and portrayed in, in a certain way. We don't want, it's almost an, ad, an extra advertisement sorry, for Wrexham and for the club and the work they're doing. But it's a real raw account of what football's like and what following the team's like. And yeah, it's hopefully the Blythe game will be barely mentioned in the, in the next series of the documentary because nothing will happen. We'll just win and it'll just be taken through quite, quite simply. But, you know, there's going to be lots of attention particularly stateside on the yeah. game and I'm sure that those up in Blythe are looking forward to it themselves and they'll be just as confident of trying to secure an upset this weekend because like you said they're not in the best form they've not had the best season so what better time to be playing Wrexham yeah well I caught up with Dan who as part of the unofficial supporters group called Green Army a lot of people now will have seen their flag got the spire and they've got the Deadpool um, sort of mask head on uh, on top it's all good fun all in good nature um they've also put out a guide green army of for anyone who is going we'll share that on our twitter and facebook and stuff um of the guide to blight so yeah i caught it with I caught it with dan to get the lowdown on how they're getting on what they made of being broadcast on espn and will nikki devitz come back to bite us on the backside Dan, thanks for coming on. Green Army, unofficial supporters. Uh, and we've seen it all over, you know, lots of shares uh, on Rex and Twitter this week. Uh, lots of love for the flag. Let's just start there with the flag. Everyone will have seen it by now. The kind of, uh, the Deadpool on the spire. I mean, uh, you, you must be pleased with that, how that's turned out. It's got a great reaction. To be honest, mate, yeah. I mean, as a supporters group, we haven't bothered buying a flag. I was making one for years because... After a couple of drinks at a away game, and maybe tend to get lost or just left places. Mm. So um, we thought maybe not bother. But my mate, who's one of the, I suppose, original founders of Green Army, he's over in the Netherlands now, and uh, he messages being like, "Oh, we need to get a flag." And but between, we I think we spent the Monday or Tuesday night or whatever it was, sort of coming up with the design. So pretty happy with it. it looks uh, looks pretty good. It's it's half in reference to a flag from like we had years ago. And obviously, getting Deadpool on there was uh, was was the main part. Yeah, and just talk to us a bit about then because it was a draw that has a lot of history for Wrexham fans and people yes. think back to the seventies and and Dixie yeah. McNeil and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. for for you for yourselves to get Wrexham, what what was that like? The reaction you got to that. So initially, I was absolutely buzzing because it's a big tie. Mm. Um, I, I did a, a similar podcast the other day and said the same thing. But it, to the, all the supporters, they they're going to love it. They're buzzing for it. Personally, I've always been a little bit about about 1978 
because it's a case of, you know, you get in a taxi and you mentioned Bly Spawns and that's all people want to talk about seven years. And it's like, well, we've had two third round appearances in the last sort of yeah. 15 years, which, you know, as a young support at the time, of course, mean a lot more to me because I got to see them. But I, I can totally understand why it's a... Um, a massive occasion for all the supporters and to be fair just given the, you know given the, the fact that I'm playing Wrexham and I don't mean it disrespectfully but I mean like the likes of um, you know obviously yourselves not County and a couple of the other sort of top national league teams I don't really view them as non-league teams because right. they're obviously full-time you know they're always at the top I, mean, I know it sounds daft to say because Wrexham have been in the national league for you know a long long time but it's a case of like I just view them as football league teams that happen to play in this league if that makes sense yeah, I mean, it's funny talking about Black Spartans. I was chatting to a guy in my office, and he brought up the Hartlepool game. When, yes. I, the, name, the name's going to slip my mind now, but it was uh, Rivers or something like that scored in the last minute. Jared Rivers. Jared Rivers, yeah. yeah, that, so, was... yeah that was the one that was on TV, wasn't it? And and got a lot of... BBC. BBC, yeah. yeah and at the time. And it, also, very quickly while we're on it, ESPN. It's, it's bonkers for us and for you that yeah. we're being broadcast on a yes. massive primetime US channel. I mean, personally, um, I wasn't very happy at the start because I thought I'm going to lose two hours drinking time there. <laughs> but um, it's a case of it, I had a, a bit of a healthy debate with one of our media guys. He was very, very happy. He was thinking, I'll give him that we're going to get the promotion in America. Yeah. Personally, for me, it was like they're not watching for us, they're watching for sure. Wrexham, which, yeah, which is perfectly understandable. But uh, I'm not getting a clear um amounts i'm not getting a clear indication of how much tv money we're getting yeah which for, for me is a bit of a big one because if we're kicking off two hours earlier we're, we're going to lose bar takings we're going to lose takings in the club shop even on food so um you know it's but again you, you are right and soon we are on tv and it is it, it's going to be publicity for at some point so i'm just at, at this point i just want it to be saturday i'm just excited for the game i just i, I just want it now yeah it's, it's very exciting i mean you've been selling tickets uh, i know yes. for, i know for us it's been a big debate about how many will go up there we've had a lot of yeah. trips recently we took a, you know a lot to hold them over two two thousand yeah. three hundred there a load to Notts county about two thousand there you got Boreham Wood coming up, and you know the FA Cup's amazing, but it's a fair, yeah. it's a fair old trip up, and uh, you know it, it'd be interesting. I mean, what's been the reaction like in terms of selling tickets your side? I mean, surely much easier uh, for you lot than, than for us. Well, even though we've been selling them, and we don't actually know the exact figure. Um, I think it's about a thousand because we kept priority for last night and tonight for season ticket holders, members of the 1899 club, which is like a paid membership and voucher holders from Saturday. Um, admittedly, you're saying, obviously, Bly Direct was a bit of a journey compared to what we do in this league. It sounds sure. stupid to say, but well, yeah. I, you know, whenever we go over to Northwest, I don't think that's too bad of a journey because I'm used to you know, Banbury, Telford, all yeah. those northern places, apparently. So, you know. <laughs> so I mean, looking at the table, I mean, it's it's very easy for us to just look at the table where you're at. Yes. It's been a, it's been a tough start. Is that reflective of how you've performed, or have you just been unlucky with with some of, a lot of those games there? Um, no. So I'll try and keep it short. But we removed our manager Terry Mitchell after the first game of the season. Right. Um, recruitment just wasn't good enough and we brought in Graham Fenton who is a bit of a club legend and you know he did a very very good job at North Shields he then did a very good job at South Shields um, he got replaced so they could have Kevin Phillips which depending on who you speak to is a bit of a is vanity higher the right way to put it I don't know maybe it is right. um, so and Graham's come in um, he's obviously had to deal with 
someone else's squad, someone else's players. And like I said on a similar show the other night, I think by by January time you're probably going to see a turnover in players. I think he's still seeing you know which players can play his system, are good enough to play for Bly Spartans and sort of go on from there, really. Um, I don't think we'll get relegated. I really don't. I think we'll probably be in for a bit of a, I don't know, maybe a boring mid-table season because for the last sort of 10, 15 years, every season has been either fighting against relegation or fighting for promotion. So it's, um, I, just, I just want a bit of a dull, a dull season, I think, for this year. Well, obviously, when we look at it, it's easy for us. We see Nicky Devadix. Yes. We've got, you know, yeah. we're haunted by his memory. So and there's always that feeling. There's always, <laughs> there's always that feeling. Whenever the Wrexham fans are like all football fans, whenever you come up against a former yeah. player, and we had that at Oldham when Mike Fondot played, and he puts in a masterclass. Are we expecting yeah. some sort of Nicky Devadix masterclass here? Is he going to come well, back to bite us? <laughs> um, originally, I remember when he played for us in the 10-11 season. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. Obviously, he's a bit older now. He's a lot slower. Um, I think last season I wasn't a great fan, but I must admit this year I think he's kind of stepped up a little bit. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he is. I think he's playing in a bit more of a, an advanced role. He's kind of like he's got a bit of freedom to get forward. Um, mind you, in most of his corners deals sort of hit the first man, which is a. Yeah. Not ideal, not ideal. <laughs> not really, no. Um, it's a bit of a, it's become a bit of a meme, I suppose, among Blythe fans. But uh, again, I think maybe, you know, obviously I, I knew that Wrexham, I knew about the Hartlepool crumble, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, I don't know how well he did for years or how poorly he did. Um, and obviously I, I don't really know if he's... Um, you know, he's he, he wants he, you know. I, I don't know if it's a case of he's got it in mind to you know put a shift in or an extra shift, and I should maybe say and go out for revenge. But again, going back to the Hartlepool game, there the equaliser was scored by Stephen Turnbull, who was a lad who got released by Hartlepool. So you never know. Maybe maybe we're it might in for a repeat. I, I don't oh, know, God. but we'll see. That's not yeah. idea. That's not idea. We're not going to. I mean. For yourselves, though, is is uh, you know I'm I'm not a big I'm not a believer. For people who listen to this know that I'm not a big believer in you know any team has nothing to lose because of course you do uh, every single week. Um, but but is it you know playing a team Wrexham like you say they've moved it for American Telly that's obviously yes. very Wrexham related. Yeah, have you got it as you know a, a real opportunity in the cup out of the league just to have a go? I mean, you beat Chorley, you've beaten them um, in the run, you, you know, you've beaten guys as well. You've clean sheets in both those games. Another different level of opposition, but course, you're, yeah. you're at home. You're gonna have a chance, aren't you? So I mean, the, the general consensus we've got nothing to lose, and I'm maybe gonna go against that because it's a case of the other teams in the northeast at non-league level: your Gateshead, your Spennymoors, your Doll, your South Shields. They've all got money somehow. They've got an owner who's putting a lot of money in, or in Darrell's case, they've got um, a big fan base who donate a lot of money. And we're kind of the, the poor relation who are like hanging on here a little bit. So I'm looking at. I always look at the FA Cup as if we can even get the first or second round. Mm. That's going to give us, I don't know, maybe best case scenario, a couple of hundred k to not compete with them, but get near them if that makes sense. Yeah. Obviously. It doesn't always last long, that money, but it's a case of every year I, I just look at it and think, I know it sounds a bit horrible to think about money when it's meant to be an FA Cup run, but it's a case of end of the day, 
that we need the money we get from the FA Cup if it's trophy prize money to compete in the league, which, you know, it's, it's as simple as that, really. Well, that, I mean, that's, that's just the reality of, of, of non-league football. Non-league, you know? yeah. That, that's, that's the cold hard reality of it. And, you know, <laughs> he, he, I know before the kind of the Hollywood I- involvement in us, it was we were the same. If we can get to the yeah. third round, that's absolutely massive for us and, and what it can do in the league. I guess, yes. finally, for those who are coming up, what 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 can they look out for? Where can they make the most of the day? I know we've lost two hours now in terms of kickoff, but if they do if they do come up, make a weekend of it, you know they stay in Newcastle or wherever or in the surrounding oh. areas. What can they do? <laughs> in, in, what can they do for the match day? Uh, I'm glad you've asked because on blythesgreenarmy.com we did recently just post a, a brand new uh, unofficial fans guide to um, to Blythe. I mean it's Norway little town to be fair. There's a couple of pubs near the ground. Um, you've obviously got the clubhouse where every all the Wrexham fans are welcome in, by the way. I know um, at National League level, away fans maybe uh, aren't uh, welcome everywhere, but in the clubhouse, you're more than welcome. Um, admittedly, I would always say, if you are going to stay around here, stay in Newcastle, because Newcastle is a hell of a night out. It's uh, <laughs> it's, it's only maybe 20 minutes away from Blythe, but uh, no, again, pubs are good around here, but if you're in for a proper night out, Newcastle is... Uh, it's definitely the place to be. And uh, lastly, is any, anyone who's going to catch it, anyone who, who even though you're, you're struggling, anyone that, that, that is getting fans off their seats catch now that, that might catch the eye for Americans on TV? Um, I think it's a difficult one because we've, we've had a lot of injuries recently. Um, right. I think our main our main striker is a lad called Lewis McNall who got released by Newcastle a couple of years ago. He had two bad ACL injuries. Um, but he's come back and he's obviously... He, but he came in last year and he was the backup to a lad called Dan McGuire, who was a bit of a club legend. Unfortunately, Dan didn't play very well and Louis kind of stepped in and been the man. Um, he's got a hell of a left foot on him. Um, he might not be as pace as he used to a couple of years ago, but he's a deadly finisher. So whenever he's sort of in and around the box just with an eye on goal then he's got the quality still you can tell why he got picked up by a Premier League academy he's um, he's one that's probably going to worry people but um, in terms of midfield JJ O'Donnell who's an ex-Gateshead player yeah. um, I think he's, he's probably played at Wrexham a couple of times um, he's maybe not had the best season so far to be honest but he's got something about him and I think um, maybe Saturday might be the day where he uh, sort of refines his form probably the best way to say it So, Rich, there you go. Uh, Nicky Nevedick's slower, older, but potentially could pull out a masterclass. You never know. There always seems to be the way uh, against old players. But, yeah, that's we've crammed a lot in in another episode. 89 episodes. We've got so much to go. FA Cup. I'm really hoping this is the start of a magical run, Rich, because it would be amazing to get another brilliant first round, second round, third round memory. You know, we've had Brentford in the past, Brighton. Um, Stoke, you know, Stoke Arsenal, you know, there's loads that we've had. So, Birmingham, Borough, there's been yeah. West Ham. So there's for the so new, for the, yeah, for the new fans that maybe aren't familiar with the FA Cup, dare to dream in the FA Cup. You could get, you could get Arsenal in the third round. You could get, God, you could get anyone. You know, you could get all these different teams. So, dare to dream. It starts in Blythe for us. Fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed, indeed, and. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen? It's like we said. If you can watch it stateside on the ESPN two in ESPN two, then 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 do and let us know what the experience is like watching Wrexham on TV. If it's maybe your first time, if you're new to 
the club, new to the podcast as well. But as always, please do leave a like. Subscribe to us on Rob Brown Red. Follow us on all the social media channels. We've also got our very own website, robbrownred.com. As Nave said earlier, you can donate there. But if you can't donate, then the best thing you can do is free. You can tell someone about the podcast or you can leave us a five-star review. It all helps a lot. Nafe, thank you, as always, on for joining us on Rob Brown Red this week. Thank you very much. And also a quick thank you to our sponsors, uh, Hypnotic for the music, as always. Their support is very much appreciated. And Red 10 People Development, because they make this all possible. They can uh, help us deliver the podcast. And I know we enjoy recording it and delivering it as much as you lot like listening to it. So, yeah, thank you very much. I'm back from Japan. No more crazy trips planned. So on to Blythe at the weekend. I'm going to copyright Lust for Blythe, by the way, so I'm not going to be accused <laughs> of stealing this headline this week. But uh, thank you very much for joining us on Rob Brown Red. Take care, and we'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.